Well, the Golden State Warriors lost a game that I call embarrassing. They had eight players scoring in double figures, yet none of them scored higher than 13, a team that for the entire duration of this dynasty, if they still are in one, routinely led the NBA or were close in leading the NBA in shooting. Yet, as we heard Bob Fitzgerald mention repeatedly tonight, they're 24th in the NBA in field goal percentage, 24th. And poor shooting was a huge reason for tonight's loss, but it goes much deeper. And I'm going to mention something to you right now that is the core of the Golden State Warriors issue. Big decisions, in my humble opinion, need to come soon. Whether it's a trade, I doubt we're going to see the head coach fired in the middle of the season, but something needs to happen. And because this leadership is inept, I mean, in case you haven't looked at the standings and the record, folks, the Warriors are a game under 500. And I'm looking at Anthony Edwards, who scored 44 points for the first place Minnesota Timberwolves tonight. You know who could have had Anthony Edwards a few years ago? The Golden State Warriors. That trade was on the table. People don't talk about that enough. I feel like my buddy at the San Francisco Chronicle, Connor Letourneau, and I were like the only two media members who ever bring that up. And I thought of it just the other day because... During the summer, when Steve Kerr was the head coach for FIBA in the World Cup that the USA team was not successful in, Anthony Edwards mentioned that Steve Kerr told him they would have never drafted him because of his work ethic. Anthony Edwards, who's now one of the best players in the NBA. Anthony Edwards, who would have prolonged the Warriors dynasty if they had been smart enough to move up one place in the draft that year and pick him. But no, the Warriors have a head coach who likes things done his way. And for the last five years, his way has resulted in mediocrity. His way has resulted in ineptness. Don't forget, Frank Vogel won one championship in the last five years. Budenholzer won a championship in the last five years. One title in five years does not automatically mean you're a great head coach. And if you don't like the focus on Steve Kerr tonight, I do not recommend watching this show because he's in the spotlight. His player, Jonathan Kuminga, put him there recently. I think it's justifiably so for a young kid who is watching his career being destroyed by his head coach, who stubbornly refuses to give him the minutes that he needs to develop and grow. So yeah, I'm going to talk about the Warriors head coach because I think he's a huge part of the problem. And we'll get into that next. This ah, is Locked On Warriors. <laughs> you are Locked On Warriors. Your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On Warriors your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. I forgot to play tonight. I'm really bummed about that. The easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports, go to prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNBA and use the code, all lowercase, Locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to 
$100. You can follow me, Cyrus Sauces. I'm on Threads, that other platform. My handle's super easy, at DogWild. And if you follow me there, I provide a lot of, I hope, our interesting Warriors insights. And I come to you from the Locked On Warriors studio, a.k.a. What is going to be soon, what will soon be a former part of Locked On Warriors lore, I'm moving in a month or so, maybe two. And so uh, this temporary uh, backdrop, which has served as my setting for almost a year, uh, will be replaced by, yes, a better camera, uh, or at least better lighting, so it won't look as, as fuzzy, hopefully. I do apologize for that. But I'm not here to talk about the set. I'm here to talk about the Golden State Warriors. They lost again, folks. And, and to me, this was an ugly game. For the simple reason that the Warriors started tonight a seven-game homestand with a 114-102 loss to a Miami Heat team that looks damn good. You want good coaching? Look in Miami. Eric Spolstra is a damn fine coach. If Steve Kerr was the head coach of the Miami Heat, you're not seeing them make the NBA Finals year after year. You would not. It's not, I, I, don't, I don't even know if they're, they would make any playoffs. I don't even know if they'd advance past the first round. Tonight's game was abysmal for a lot of reasons. First and foremost, we're going to talk about shooting because, as I mentioned in the open, the Golden State Warriors had eight players scoring in double figures. Jonathan Kaminga had 10. Clay Thompson had 13. Brandon Pajemski had 10. Stephen Curry had 13. Dario Saric had 10. Andrew Wiggins had 11. Trace Jackson Davis had 10. Moses Moody had 11. Your two leading scorers were Stephen Curry and Klay Thompson, the Splash Brothers, who did not have good games tonight. All together, the Warriors offense produced 102 points. Chris Paul added nine. Kevon Looney added five. That's the entirety of your scoring. They gave up 114, but the Miami Heat showed that defensively they're a fantastic team. Kudos to Spo for his timing when it comes to switching between a zone D and a man D at impeccable moments in a game to throw the offense off at just the right moments. But again, this is, I know it's a broken record, but until this issue, which is completely logical is fixed. I can't just sit here and pretend it's not a problem. I, I, and the problem is minutes. The problem is rotations. The problem is oftentimes the wrong players are playing. And what I mean by that tonight when the Warriors went into the half and the score at the halftime of this game, the Warriors are trailing by seven points at the half. They were trailing by 15 after the third quarter. The third quarter is where this game got away from them. But at the half, with the Warriors trailing in this game, 58 to 51, they had two players who were in the positive net rating. They had two players who were doing anything. Because, again, the Warriors were having an awful night. Okay? At the half, just to put it in perspective for you, in terms of just how bad they were doing, all right, Clay had, had five points. Pajemski had six points. Steph had ten points. Kaminga had four points. No one was doing well except for Dario Saric who was leading the team at that point or second on the team. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. At that point with eight points and the only, again, only two players were in the positive though, Trace Jackson Davis and Moses Moody. I apologize. There was actually a 
four players. I do apologize for that. Chris Paul, actually, when I looked at the stat, there was like a minute left. So Chris Paul and Wiggins were also in the positive. My point is, though, if you were watching this game, so four players were in the positive, and they were barely in the positive at that. But the player making the most impact in this game, and if you disagree with me, so be it. This this is subjective, what I'm going to say. But Moses Moody was actually playing fantastic basketball. Moses Moody last game was phased out of the rotation. And then Moses Moody this game, we actually saw him play five minutes in the second quarter. And those were awesome minutes. He was playing great defense. It seemed like he was one of the only individuals out there who seemed to really care. I mean, this was clearly an off night for the Golden State Warriors. But why did we not see him at all in the third quarter when this game got away from him? I mean, Moses Moody was one of the only players doing anything in this game. And Steve Kerr responded in the third quarter with a donut, with a nothing burger. For the number 14 pick in one of the deepest drafts in NBA history, Moses Moody. We saw plenty of minutes in the fourth quarter, and he had a fantastic fourth quarter at that. Moody in this game of the fourth was four for seven from the field, had 11 points all in the fourth quarter, but too little too late. He added three rebounds as well. And, and when I saw that, it just led me once again in my, in my line of thinking to the bigger issue, which is that this coaching staff, which has Steve Kerr, which has his buddy from college, Bruce Frazier. I don't understand why Frazier sits next to him. Nice guy. Not coaching material. The only it, Bruce Frazier's entire role on this team is to be a shooting coach. He's not a strategist. He's not sitting there concocting schemes and, and thinking about rotations. Yet he is the man sitting right next to Steve Kerr in his ear. The other person is Kenny Atkinson. You've heard me criticize him plenty. Since he took over from Mike, Mike Brown, the Warriors' defense has been trash. Their substitutions have been awful. And and, and again, it's just, it just leads me to, to constantly think that Kerr is just creating this, fostering this atmosphere of yes people where he just wants people who, who fall in line for him. Well, sorry, coach. I don't think that's a recipe for success. And here's a huge reason why. All right? Here's a huge reason why Kerr, I don't give him the benefit of the doubt. Because when he took over this job, Mark Jackson set everything up for him, all right? Mark Jackson laid down the foundation for this dynasty. The Golden State Warriors, since Rick Barry, did not play defense, all right? For nearly 40 years, they did not play an ounce of defense. Mark Jackson came in and instilled an atmosphere, instilled a philosophy, an approach, to play defense. What does that mean? A team-first approach. Playing on a string. Meaning, having each other's backs when necessary. Being smart in your decision-making in terms of whether or not you're going to get someone's back or you're going to let a defender hold his own, right? He got that aggressiveness out of them. He got the importance of defense instilled in the Golden State Warriors. Draymond Green became the future Hall of Famer because of Mark Jackson. Stephen Curry constantly praised Mark Jackson. Clay Thompson constantly praised Mark Jackson. And because of mostly behind-the-scenes politics, Mark Jackson was just not made to play the head coaching corporate game. He just wasn't. He, and he also said and did some pretty wild stuff behind the scenes pertaining to his religious beliefs. 
So two years later, Steve Kerr comes in. He gets handed the keys to the Lambo, a revved up machine ready to go. And they had arguably the greatest five-year run in the history of the NBA. But in these last five years, not a great run. The Golden State Warriors, 31 games in, are 15 and 16. The exact same record as last year. Okay? And when we look at the last five years, this is not a body of work for a head coach where you just, you know, where we just give him the benefit of the doubt. It doesn't work that way. So he should be scrutinized. And the way he's treating these young players, whether it's Moses Moody, whether it's Jonathan Kaminga, who wasn't even in the game in the fourth quarter during, like, why was he not in the game in the last six minutes when it was already out of reach? So he can be getting time, getting minutes to develop. Is the future of this team not a concern at all? Like Kerr's infatuation with trying to get something out of Wiggins. Folks, this is Andrew Wiggins' 11th year in the NBA. He's had one season out of those 11 where you could say, damn, good job, impressed. And that was 2021-2022. When they won the championship, Wiggins was an all-star that year. Controversial pick, by the way. Not a lot of people were happy about that, but he made the all-star game. He had a he had a good team, he had a, a good run. Pretty safe argument. He was the second best player on the championship team. But before then, since then, disappointment. Former number one pick who never lived up to the hype. And yet, despite that, because of one season, we're seeing Kaminga's development being sacrificed. We're seeing Moody's development being sacrificed. Is that worth it? Well, the team is 15 and 16 right now. The team wouldn't even be in the playoffs today if the season ended. Andrew Wiggins is not the answer. He was the answer for one season. I was advocating for the Warriors to trade for him months before Bob Myers pulled that trade, which was ingenious, by the way. But whatever Wiggins was, it's not him now. The why of that's a huge mystery. But again, to be deferring to him, to Andrew Wiggins, and sacrificing minutes for Kaminga and Moody in the process, that's ridiculous. Okay, this is a success-driven field. Okay, It's all about wins and losses. And the wins and losses are not there. The Warriors are losing a lot. The Warriors have lost a lot in the five years. How much more patience should fans, should the organization have before somebody puts their foot down and says enough is enough perception does not equate reality in this situation when it comes to steve kerr and i gotta give some love to a sponsor real quick and then, I'll, and then i'm gonna uh, explain to you one how bad steve kerr's last five years have been and two why the golden state warriors are 24th in the nba in field goal percentage because their poor shooting cost them dearly tonight but that's a problem that is fixable if you play the right players. If you actually aren't playing this game of favorites over who the best player is, which is what we're seeing from the head coach. So I'll, I'll explain that in, in a lot of detail in just a moment. Got to give some love first and foremost to prize picks. And I, I love if you ever have a success story when it comes to prize picks, let me know, please. DM me. And uh, DM me on Instagram because uh, at dog wild, the handle super easy. 
I will shine a light on you for your success. I promise. If you ever want tip, if you ever, if you ever want tips, let me know as well because I uh, enjoy relative success myself and Prize Picks. I'll happily share with you who I'm rolling with on a regular basis. Again, I, I forgot to make my picks for tonight, but Prize Picks. The premise is very simple and it's so much fun. It's legal here in California for those of you who are frustrated because of the anti-sports gambling laws. It's daily fantasy sports made easy, and here in California, it's legal. And the bottom line is this, all right? Pick a combo of projections across football, basketball, other sports. You can mix and match a, a, a bet where you have LeBron James and Travis Kelsey in a bet, Stephen Curry and Brock Purdy in a bet, minimum of two players, maximum of six players. And all you have to do is guess correctly whether these individuals are, let's say, scoring more or less than a certain amount, whether they're grabbing more or less than a certain amount of rebounds. And it's a safe withdrawal system. So unlike some sketchy wire services you got to deal with with some of these overseas gambling websites, you don't have to deal with that. You can literally double tap your iPhone if you're an iPhone user. I'm not a Droid guy. I'm really sorry. I don't know how that works. But the point is, it's fun. It's easy. It's safe. And again, if you're in California, which I know a lot of you folks are watching the show, it's legal. Have some fun. Go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use the code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, pricepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use the code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. You are locked on Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On has a national show. In fact, they launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. It's called Locked On Sports Today. It's here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Again, coming to you live on uh, December 28th, a Thursday. New Year's is around the corner. The Warriors next play the Dallas Mavericks. That'll be the last game of, their, of the year. That game is going to be Saturday night. They better win that game. They better win that game. If they lose that game, I'm, I'm saying all sirens are blaring. Hope of a championship is lost. Because if you can't beat the Dallas Mavericks after a loss like this, this was demoralizing. This was embarrassing. A lot of people are going to point to, to Jonathan Kaminga's six turnovers tonight as the reason why it was justifiable for him to only play 23 minutes in this game. Yeah, 23 minutes is not a lot, especially for a player who was the number seven pick in one of the deepest drafts in NBA history. And again, I cannot emphasize this point enough. Why the hell did you draft him if you did not plan on playing him, at what point does the moral slash ethical approach come in here where you're literally destroying the life of a young man who, if he was playing on nearly any other team, would be getting 30 plus minutes a night, would be showcasing his skills and would probably be a lot happier than playing for a coach who clearly doesn't like him. And in tonight's game, 23 minutes, he had six turnovers. All those turnovers were in the second quarter. A few of those were, in my humble opinion, the result of very sus officiating. 
There was one call where he was, he was called for a travel, which didn't make any damn sense. Uh, I think one call they called, they said his foot was on the line. I, I saw one replay. It was, I didn't, couldn't even tell for sure if that was true. Regardless, six turnovers, it's an ugly look. Until you actually do your research and look at the play-by-play of every one of those turnovers and what happened after that, the, the, the result, the ramification of those six turnovers was four Miami Heat points all in the second quarter. Okay, so yeah, six turnovers, it's a bad look. But again, the broken record, which I have to say over and over again because... In Steve Kerr's dense head, he ignores this. Jonathan Kaminga is drastically superior in the second half. And next show, I'll bring up those stats again because those stats obviously change, but his numbers are night and day. He's a much better second half player. And hopefully as he gets more experience, it'll all come together and even the first half will be consistent because right now that is the weakness to his game. But he still went 5-11 from the field. He still grabbed five rebounds. He's one of the only players on this team who can play effective defense because of his size and athleticism. And he's rewarded for that with 23 minutes. We saw a brief moment in this game where Kaminga and Andrew Wiggins were on the floor together. A concept that that Steve Kerr was approached about. We talked about this on yesterday's show with Janelle Moore. And we saw them play together for, I think, what, a minute in tonight's game? Maybe two before Steve Kerr was like, no, no, I can't do this anymore. Imaginary rules in my head. What, whatever the, the justification is going on in Steve Kerr's mind for why he cannot play those two together. I understand the net rating for those two as a duo. And again, two-player net rating numbers are incredibly subjective. The only truly objective numbers when it comes to net rating are five-man lineups. And you could formulate some ideas over a larger sample size with net rating. Case in point, look at the net rating for Warriors players 31 games in, and you might start to see a trend that reflects reality. All right? Single game net rating, it's tough. Okay? It's part of a much bigger picture. But the point is, if that's if, if net rating is the justification for Steve Kerr not willing to play two athletic players together, then stop killing Kaminga's career over this, man. Andrew Wiggins tonight played 26 minutes. Okay, 26. He played most of the fourth quarter. He turns 29 in a month. This is not some young project that you're developing. This is a player in his 11th year who was stealing minutes from Jonathan Kaminga who needs time to develop. If this team was some dominant force out there with legitimate, potential for a world championship. I could maybe understand that line of reasoning in this, in the sense of, well, we're trying to win a title and you know, Wiggins is that good of a player where he has to play, but no, Andrew Wiggins is not that good of a player. Again, he had one fantastic season out of 11 Andrew Wiggins tonight, 26 minutes scored 11 points was four for 11 from the field was 0 for 3 from the three-point line. Had two fouls and a turnover. So this Andrew Wiggins experiment, I, I'm I'm real, I'm over it, in my humble opinion. Just because there are not enough minutes, unless Steve Kerr is willing to actually coach and try to get the best out of Kaminga and Wiggins on the floor together. But you're about to have Draymond Green and Gary Payton II come back. And I don't know what's going to happen there. But for the sake of these two young players, meaning Jonathan Kaminga and Moses Moody, Moody finished the game tonight playing 13 minutes. Of those 13, 
Eight of them were in the fourth quarter. He played five minutes in the second quarter, eight minutes in the fourth quarter. He played fantastic in the second quarter. He played fantastic in the fourth quarter. But again, this game was lost in the third. And why Steve Kerr didn't go to Moses Moody in the third quarter, I don't know. Let's see if uh, let's see if any sound has come in since then. And if uh, if any reporters actually asked Steve Kerr about the why of that, I will play it. But I don't see any sound that's come down so far. So we don't have an answer there. Oh, well, there's one sound bite. Here is Steve Kerr. Yeah, we'll play. Let's hear what Steve Kerr has to say about why, whoops, the Golden State Warriors lost. And then I'm going to break down Steve Kerr's last five years because they have not been good. And when you look at his body of work the last five years, all I keep thinking is, why does this individual keep getting the benefit of the doubt when he's never developed a single player into all-star level? And when he doesn't have a stacked team, the results aren't there. I guess what I'm trying to ask is, what has he shown that makes him this amazing head coach? The right person at the right time in 2015, 2014, whenever it was. Right now, not the right person. Let's hear what Steve Kerr had to say about tonight's game. Could not keep this game in, in close at all. Yeah, they scored 69 points in those two quarters. Um, so they took control of the game. I thought that run... Uh, Beginning of the second quarter, I think we were up six or something, five, and uh, and they made a, a really good run and uh, had control of the game uh, from there. So one of those nights, um, you know, we've um, we've been you know in every game. It seems like all year, every game's been close. We're, we've been competitive and tough, and and tonight we um, we kind of lost. Um, that uh, that competitiveness and uh, you know just it felt like uh, we got demoralized you know shots weren't going in and and uh, and it just you know they they just took it to us it's um you know we know what's coming when three or four guys are out of the lineup you know it's um this is a, a common theme in the NBA and especially when you play Miami because you know uh, they're going to be tough and they're going to uh, they're not going to you know give anything away and you look at the box score they had seven turnovers um you know 26 assists um you know they controlled the game so we we got out coached out worked out played well at least you're honest about that and now now i wish you would explain how and why you got out coached but i guess that's a story for another day um i'm going to address a few uh, uh chat comments because uh what i'm seeing in the chat just makes me think of one that's thing ignorant very ignorant. It's ignorant. You're being ignorant. Super amount of ignorance, especially when it comes to the Kaminga criticism. I'll explain what I mean in just a minute. Um, after I give some love, first and foremost, to FanDuel. I haven't done a FanDuel read in a little while. And, and when I think when I read FanDuel right now, it's football season. And Christmas Day was brutal for Barry Sports, by the way. That was just incredibly rough. So if you bet on the Niners, my sympathies to you. Um, but regardless, the, the Niners are back at it. You can obviously bet on all the sports. The FanDuel Sportsbook is absolutely incredible. Um, so yes, NBA is on the table as well, but the football playoffs are just around the corner. The 49ers are fighting for the top seed. They might, they're on the verge of possibly winning their first Super Bowl since I was in high school. And in this cold weather, the NFL offers are staying hot on FanDuel right now. New customers get $150 
in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's 150 bucks if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's this thing called VPN if you live in a state where it's currently outlawed. Just throwing it out there. Kim and Dana, my good friend, who's going to be on the show finally soon, uh, brought that idea up. So you can play even if you're in a state like California. It's got to go through that VPN route. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. You are Locked On Warriors, your daily Golden State Warriors podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. One final segment of Locked On Warriors for the everydayers. We're back at it Saturday night. Warriors Mavericks, that's a huge one. Even bigger is going to be next Thursday, I believe, when the Warriors host the Nuggets. The Nuggets have beat the Warriors five straight times. That's a streak that has to stop if the team has any ambition of stopping this this uh, this rolling momentum that the Nuggets have in terms of just utterly owning uh, the, the Golden State Warriors. Um, so we'll be back at a Saturday. Um, real fast in the comments here before I get to the last five years and who is shooting the ball horribly. Shane West says, give Moody and Kaminga at least 30 minutes per game. Agreed. Billy415 says, Kaminga leads the team with turnovers with six. Yeah, lazy argument to which I respond. It resulted in four Miami Heat points. Stephen Curry had a six turnover game earlier this year. Big whoop. Way too much of an emphasis on turnovers, unless it costs your team the game. Four points for the Heat. Sorry. Coma writes, why can't we be honest and say Kaminga is just not ready yet instead of blaming Kerr? Well, that's honesty how you see it. I don't see it that way. Jonathan Kaminga is ready to play. In fact, I don't understand why you think he's not ready. And this goes back to the cult of Steve Kerr. If Steve Kerr was playing Kaminga 35 minutes a night, you would not be saying that. So think independently don't think based on what Steve Kerr decides because Steve Kerr is often wrong. Corey Purvis writes, Kaminga is an athlete and that's it. Is that why he shot 38% from three last year? You also add, you notice none of the guys give him the pods comment of he's just a basketball player. Dude is not great. He's not even good. Well, Corey, that's incredibly ignorant. Wholeheartedly disagree with you. I don't know what you base that on, but that's just flat out dumb. Kay Jackson writes, he has nine rings. Are you honestly going to give him credit for those? He had a teammate named Michael Jordan for three of those. He had a teammate named Tim Duncan for two of those. He had a player named Stephen Curry that he coached for four of those. And, and, and that's going to lead into the last five years. You know what his record, how the Warriors have been the last five years through 31 games? In 2019-2020, there were 7-24. and 24. Excusable. Everyone gives him a pass for that season because Stephen Curry had his hand broken in, in Game 4. They were going through sort of a rebuild process. And here's the thing. I would be perfectly fine with that 7-24 start in 2020. I'd be perfectly fine with the 15-win season that got you the number 2 pick in the draft if you use the pick in an, in an intelligent an intellectual manner 
But instead, you went with James Wiseman. You never gave him a shot. I'm not sitting here saying James Wiseman is any good, but I never saw any effort to develop this kid either. And so if you just wasted a year to waste a draft pick, how do you justify that? The next season, 2020-2021, the Warriors started the season 31 games in, 16-15, and 15, a game above 500. Don't forget, Steve Kerr's love for Brad Wanamaker that year, playing off his infatuation with point guards. Then the 2021-2022 season, when the roster was stacked, when Jordan Poole had not decided to let his ego take control, when Draymond Green still sort of had things in check. Keep in mind, Klay Thompson was not even playing yet at this point, and the Warriors started the season 25-6. and six. All right, the one good year of the last five. And if you're going to sit here and credit Kerr for that, that's an insult to Stephen Curry, the man who is really responsible for this dynasty. Last year, the Warriors started the season. Remember, this is a team where we were seeing Ty Jerome and Anthony Lamb over and over and over. And they went 15 and 16 that year. The same record as this season. How can you defend Steve Kerr, why are why do so many people just forget about the last five years? And they just want to focus on 10 years ago. They want to focus on him being a role player for title teams and pretend like he was responsible for that. That's asinine. Now, Bob Fitzgerald was, was repeatedly on the broadcast tonight saying, pointing out that the Warriors are 24th in the NBA in field goal percentage. They're shooting 46% as a team on the year. And that's not good. That's almost directly why they lost this game tonight. The Warriors shot 42% from the field. They shot 24.2% from three-point. Who are the players tanking that field goal percentage? Well, Chris Paul's shooting 39.4%. Clay Thompson's shooting 42.6%. Andrew Wiggins is shooting 42.8%. Brandon Pajemski is shooting 46.3%. Dario Saric is shooting 46.4%. Stephen Curry, 46.5%. Moses Moody, 47.6%. Draymond Green, we haven't seen him that much, but he's shooting 49%. For a big, not good. Jonathan Kaminga, 50.4%. Kevon Looney, 56.8%. And Trace Jackson Davis, 65%. Trace Jackson Davis tonight, by the way, who I love, played eight minutes in the fourth quarter. And which means that he played 17 minutes in quarters one through three. Why that little? And again, this goes again back to coaching philosophy. The game has changed in just the last two years. It's bigger. Okay. It's more offensive. You need size out there on both ends of the floor. And even Trace Jackson Davis is not getting a good run. He got 25 minutes tonight. That's cool. That's it. That's in the right direction. But this team needs size. And this team needs players who can make the ball who can make the shot. And instead, I read to you all the, the shooters from worst to best, and there is a correlation there 
between worst to best with who's getting the most minutes on this team. And who's responsible for that? Who's the gatekeeper for that? Mr. Steve Kerr. And the metal pig, I I, I, uh, I agree. They're, right, so the field goal percentage is suffering because the defense is awful. You know what helps defense? Length, size. Anyways, all right, I'm done. I know this was a rant of a show. I apologize. But this head coach is driving me insane. Thanks for putting up with it. This was a brutal loss. We'll be back on Saturday night. One thing is very plain and simple. If you really think that Kaminga is not ready, if you think he shouldn't be playing, if you think we should be ignoring the future, which playing Kaminga and Moody helps, because there's no better way to develop a player than to give them experience, to give them reps. Imagine if Kaminga and Moody were playing last year, where their game would be now. That's a coaching problem. And I'm tired of it, man. I'm tired of it. I want to be tired of it, by the way, if I didn't actually love this damn team. it's it's It sucks. Um, so there we go. But if you do hate Kaminga, if you do hate Moody, if you think Steve Kerr is some shiny beacon of light, who's some basketball That's genie, ignorant. is ignorant. He is proving he is not the right man for this job anymore. And if you think otherwise... It's ignorant. You're being ignorant. Absolutely. Thank you, everyone. Thanks for putting up with me. It's just frustration, but there is truth behind it. I promise you that. We'll be back at us Saturday night. Thank you again. Bye-bye. <clears throat>